tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to keep kind of knocking on the door of some of the stuff that's difficult. And uh, <clears throat> tonight's lesson is intentional. If we're not intentional about certain things, they never happen. And I, I've watched through many years of you know working with people and even in my own progress. There's stuff that we want God to do, and there's stuff that God wants us to do. And if you're anything like me, you want God to do the hard stuff that He actually wants us to do. And a lot of times we're waiting around, you know, for God to do something, and He's already told us what we're supposed to be doing, but we pretend we're not hearing Him, and we think that He could come up with a better plan since he is God and all. Seems like there should be a way easier way to do this and I don't have to do any work. But I also know that there's things that I've tried to force and it wasn't God's timing and it was a lot of frustration and a lot of beating my head into the wall and a lot of realizing that these are the things that he's actually asking me to sit still on. I just didn't like that answer either. So I was being intentional about my will being accomplished. But I wasn't being intentional about God's will being accomplished, even though I would say that I was doing it for him. But in reality, I was just doing it for myself. See, we have to be intentional about a lot of this stuff that we're we're going through. You know, every one of us in here has a past that's not pretty. Every one of us has traumas. Every one of us has loss, regret. There's fears of abandonment and rejection and abuse and various sins that we've committed that have caused us, you know, some damage along the way. And we like to pretend it's not there. And we're really intentional about that. But in reality, we have to be intentional about, you know, facing our denial and, and really opening up some of those doors that are hard for us to, to even acknowledge that they're there. You know, and some of us have been doing that. You know, and this is a long road. It's not something that happens quickly. You know, I don't know how many people that have contacted me. A lot of times it's family or parents wanting a son or a daughter to, to get either saved or sober. You know, and sometimes people that are trying to, to find, you know, a solution to their, you know, their problems. And they think that one phone call or coming to one meeting or reading one page of one book is ever going to be enough. And I tell them that this is not fast. It's being consistent. It's being here week in and week out, hearing the message and trying to do the work and trying to be intentional about connecting to people. But one thing more than anything, it's consistency. You know, being here, going to church, being in your word, you know, and if we're not doing those things, it's not likely that we're going to find a lot of freedom. We have to be intentional about surrendering our life to Jesus. Every one of us in here 
has an area in our life that we don't want to surrender and we keep fighting with him and he keeps saying, you know, let me have this. And we're like, I'll let you have it if you do it my way. And he's like, that's not how this works. And we don't let go. And we go around and around and around and around trying to get our will accomplished once again. But we have to be intentional about surrendering things. So often... We think that just because we're believers that poof, everything is going to be different. And, and I agree that salvation, things change, you know, and we begin this process and Jesus is at work in our lives more prevalently than he was prior. But I also believe that there's, there's work to be done. And we have to take a real honest look at some of the stuff that needs to be, you know, dealt with in our life in one way or another you know and we need to to be honest and real and confess and and it, you know all these different lessons that we hear week in and week out you know is really difficult and if we're not willing to be humbled you know and realize that we all have work to do i have work to do you know i didn't all of a sudden arrive you know i still got things that i got to process and, and surrender and let go and face and and pray through you know and this is where you know I have to allow God to make major changes and that's uncomfortable I think anytime that we really are intentional about change it gets real uncomfortable real quick and a lot of times it's like we step out and we're like whoa, whoa, whoa I don't like this you know we we go right back into the thing that we say we want freedom from. But it's, this is way more comfortable because we know what to expect than when I step out of this comfort zone and I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know what you're going to do and I don't know what they're going to say and I don't know. And I don't, nope, nope, nope. I'm going right back in my bubble. As painful as it is, a lot of times our fear you know, pushes us back into pain that we really say we want to be free of, but we don't want to face the fears of what the unknown might bring. So we have to be intentional about facing fear, and we have to be intentional in saying, you know what, I'm surrendering this to Jesus, and I have to be intentional about letting God make changes. It's like, well, I don't know if I agree with that. If you're still trying to to, to barter or to to make a deal, you don't have the understanding of what surrender really means yet. And it's hard for us because, you know, especially as an American, you know, I have my rights and I have my freedoms and I have this and I have that and I get to choose and, you know. As a Christian, you know, I, I technically am signing away those rights and saying that you are my Lord and I am your you know, servant, son, daughter, you know, but am I willing to do it his way? Am I willing to change? You know, the last few weeks we've been talking about forgiveness, which is always real fun. You know, are we willing to forgive? Sometimes no. And I have to learn that I need willingness for my willingness and my for my willingness to forgive. Because I'm just so stuck in certain areas that I just don't want to move. I'd rather stay bitter than understand what peace might actually have. Because I think somehow my anger towards that person is making a difference. 
it is making a difference. It's making you miserable. You're the only one that's affected. And the, and the few close loved ones that are around you are affected by it too. The person that you're probably bitter and angry at doesn't even know. So, you know, and it's learning that I'm suffering. And I have to choose to say enough's enough. You know, am I going to offer forgiveness? Am I going to give it away to someone that doesn't deserve it? Well, I didn't deserve it. I still don't deserve it. I didn't all of a sudden be getting big enough and, and, and well enough and, and good enough. And I'm like, all right, you now owe me one, God, since I'm such a great human being. I have given you the pleasure of forgiving me since I'm so awesome. But see, you know, there's some, so many things in our life that we see that seem impossible. And they are if we keep trying to do it our way. Most likely those things will never be accomplished. You know, and this is what takes real growth is humbling ourselves before the Lord and saying, I'm, I'm done trying to do it my way. And I don't think that that's a one-time thing because many of us have tried it. We've gotten so fed up. I'm surrendering. All right, Jesus, I give you the permission. I'm ready to do it your way. And and then what happens? We find ourselves right back doing it our way again. You know, and, and this is where we need to change and we need to grow. And we have to be intentional about some of that stuff. <clears throat> you know, having a discussion this week you know it's it's not a big deal if a baby or a toddler pees its pants it's expected but if that same human being is 15 years old and still peeing their pants and expecting mommy to come along and change her diaper there's a problem now maybe there is a real problem and I, I'm not trying to take away or make light of that I'm just saying that if I'm still where I used to be in certain areas and I know that there's a pathway to freedom and I've had people around me try to instruct me how to get there and I'm still refusing to do it, there's a different issue going on. You know, and I have to, to come to realization that something else isn't clicking. If I'm still stuck in an area that I've been offered, you know, a multitude of, of avenues to find freedom, and I'm still choosing to, to stay in my my wet diaper. You know, and we have to choose. You know, we can never do it our way. You know, our way has resulted in in complete failure more times than we can probably count. I can't do it in my power. You know, I can't do it in my power Christian ways. I still find myself failing more times than I, I want to admit. You know, and if you've been around me long enough, you've heard this, you know, but, you know, the truth doesn't set us free. You know, in John 8.32, you know, it says the truth will set you free. And, and many of us have probably heard that saying outside of realizing it was Scripture. But knowing that there's more vitamin C in a strawberry than there is an orange, 
that truth doesn't set me free. The first bomb dropped in World War One actually killed the only elephant in the Berlin Zoo. That truth isn't setting any one of us free. You know, so truth is relative. You know, a lot of times we have our own truths. Is that truth setting us free? A lot of times it's keeping us stuck. Well, my family was this and I grew up that. You know, this is the way it's always been. Well, Jesus has come to make us new and change us. And we have to realize that truth, according to me, or truth according to the way I grew up, might be factual, but facts don't change us. Truth does. How do we know what's true? Well, Jesus tells us in 831 that if you obey my teachings, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, you know, to me, this is so important that if I'm not obeying Scripture and I'm just a believer going through the motions, I can spend a lot of years wondering why I'm not getting freedom and I've been praying everything under the blood of Jesus since I can remember. You know, and I know that there's power in the blood of Jesus and I don't try to take away that. But I also believe that if I'm still the Lord of some area, I can't say that Jesus is the Lord of that area. So as much as I try to pray the blood of Jesus over that, I'm still the one in control of it. The blood of Jesus is something that's been surrendered. He surrendered his life. I surrender my sin. That's when the blood of Jesus begins to cover things. Covers my sin, covers the sin that's been committed against me. But if I'm still the one holding on to it, and I'm not the one that's surrendering it, I can pray the blood of Jesus till I'm blue in the face, and I, personally, I don't think it's going to do much. You know, and once again, I believe there's power in the blood. I believe there's power in His name. But yet, how often have we been praying in His name about stuff that He's told us to do a different way, and we keep trying to do it our way, and we're praying in the name of Jesus, and it's like we're button heads with Him. I don't know about you, I have never won against the Lord. And I'm grateful for that. You know, John 14.6 says that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That no one goes to the Father except through me. Through me. See, this is tricky. Because a lot of us want to be believers, and we believe in God, and we believe in Jesus, and we believe in the resurrection, and we like Christmas because we get presents, and Easter's cool because we get eggs and chocolate. But in reality, if we're not going through Christ, His teachings, it's the only way to get through it. If we're not doing it His way, and I'm just a believer doing it my way, there's a disconnect in there. Now, we don't have enough time to, to, to really examine the disconnect that each one of us has. But in reality, if I'm not doing something Jesus' way, am I really going to expect that there's freedom going to come? Personally, I still struggle. I struggle in areas that I'm still trying to do my way because I don't want to go through the process. 
And until I get intentional about my process and say, all right, enough's enough, Tom. And I have this little pep talk with myself and saying, we really got to repent this time. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, I mean, like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we've all done this. Maybe I'm the only crazy one that tells myself that it's time to repent of something. And I agree. And then I don't change. Now, I believe that Jesus is the one that does the changing. But I also believe that there's a, I have a partnership in this that I can pray and plead and, and, but if I'm not intentional about the work that needs to be done and I'm not intentional about doing it his way when he's at, he's obviously told me not to do this or start to do that. And I'm like, nope, nope, not doing that. I'm going to wait until I hear a better, you know, plan. Like, let's make a deal, Jesus. You know, I think that, we will go around and around. I think some of us are still going around and around. I know I have areas that I'm going around and around. You know, and I think that these are the areas that he's trying to get to the roots of our issues and build a foundation that's in Christ and not in my emotions, not in the way I think, not in what I want, not in that I didn't like it, not in that's not the way it should have went. It's my foundation is in Christ saying, all right, Christ, here we go. I'm going to take this step with you, and I know that I'm fighting with you right now, but your way to freedom is not the way that I would think that this is going to go. And a lot of times we don't even really realize what's going to take place. We just don't want to take that first step. You know, and it's tricky. Because what part's God, what part's mine? You know, it's like patty cake, patty cake, hot potato. You know, it's, you know, I think we spend a lot of time wasting when we're like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. When in reality, he's already given us the word in some of these areas, but we don't, we're, we're not quite sure. Will you give me confirmation? I'm going to put out a fleece. And it's like, he's already said to not do something or to start do something. And it could be just as easy as that, hey, you should be reading your Bible more. And be like, yeah, I know. But how are we supposed to hear God's word apart from God's word? You know, and we can't. I don't think. You know, I love the way that Mike puts it. And I know that it's not his his words for Pastor Mike. You know, that we cannot know God apart from the Bible. You know, and there's so many people, well, I'm a believer. Well, what are you believing? You know, the, the crazy thing that always pops in my head is that the, the, the demons feared him because they believed in him so much. And yet I'm just doing what, oh, la, la, whatever I want. Like demons have better doctrine than we do. That's crazy. It's just crazy to think that they were in awe of him. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, give me what I want in Jesus' name. You know, I know that none of us are going to be perfect. I know I'm certainly never going to be perfect. But I, I do desire to do his will. And how can I do his will apart from him? How can I do his will apart from the way that he wants me to do it? 
But 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 there is none. There is no conversation. There is no let's make a deal. There is surrender and follow. Deny and follow. And it's hard. I'm not saying this is easy. Because it's not. But apart from Him, can we do it? No. We can't. You know, and we need God. We need Him in our lives in such a powerful way that we can say, you know what, I'm tired of being this way. All right, God, here we go. You know, when I got sober, I've been trying to get sober for over a decade. In and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. You know, sometimes in jail, sometimes out of jail, sometimes in treatment, sometimes out of treatment, sometimes in a meeting, sometimes not in a meeting. I mean, I've tried just about everything I could possibly imagine to be able to put down drugs and alcohol. I just couldn't do it. Because I was always trying to do it my way. And when I got here the last time, I was so broken. I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to do whatever or whatever. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm not even trying to make decisions. But any suggestion that somebody gives me, I'm just going to do it. Because I'm tired of fighting. We'll do this. Okay. Don't do that. Okay. Like, I literally am just like, I'm just done. I'm tired. I'm broken. And I remember praying so fervently for, for Jesus to take my addiction and Jesus to heal my brain and Jesus to take depression and Jesus to take anxiety and Jesus to take my anger and Jesus help me to forgive. Jesus take my love. I mean, I'm laboring in prayer every day for these things to change because I was so sick of me. So sick of me. And I've tried every which way. I don't believe that if I wasn't intentional in that time of my life and saying, I am just surrendered. I don't know where I'm going. But if this Jesus stuff doesn't work, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not going to be pretty. Because I literally tried everything else I could possibly think of to try to find freedom. That I was willing to even give Christianity a try. Like you, like you guys don't understand. You don't, maybe you don't know where I came from. You know, I did not want to be a Christian at all. It's not like, oh yeah, let's, I just go to church. Yeah. I didn't want to do this. I wanted my life my way, but I couldn't have my life my way. And I was willing to give up my life my way to try this completely different way with a bunch of people that I thought were ridiculous. I just thought Christianity was absurd. And then I met Jesus. Everything changed. I didn't realize that there was an encounter with a living God that was going to take place. I just thought I was going to go to church for the rest of my life and sing a bunch of stupid songs. Wee! Yay! This is going to suck! But if I stayed sober through it, I was willing to, to give up everything to go to church and be boring for the rest of my life. And I met Jesus. 
and the game was changed forever. I thank God that he met me in that step of saying, all right, here I go. I did not know the outcome. I just thought the outcome was going to be awful. So often the things that he's asking us to do, we've already predetermined that this is going to be the horriblest thing that we've ever could imagine. And yet most of the time that we've taken these steps in our past, we get halfway down the path and we're like, wow, this is great. (laughs) Am I wrong? Think about the stuff that we've resisted him on before. And how long it took us to finally get to that place where I surrendered that last thing. And then all of a sudden we're like, wow, this is great. Thank you. But how long did we fight him? And yet here he's like, hey, let's do this. And we're like, no, that's going to that's, that's, no, that's be bad. I like, I like doing these other things. And yet, here we go again. Around and around. You know, 1 Corinthians 10.12 says, If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you might fall. And see, there's, there's times in my life where I've gone back to my foundation. And my foundation is AA. And a lot of Christians think AA is awful, and a lot of people in AA think Christianity is awful, and they fight each other. And I think it's dumb. But that's just my opinion. <clears throat> I remember when I got licensed as a pastor, on a Sunday morning, after I just spent two years or two months in the missions field in Jamaica, I went to AA that afternoon, and I sat in the corner. I didn't say a word because I needed to remember where I came from. I didn't need, oh Tom, you're doing great. You know, God's doing these amazing things in your life. Which was true. And I don't take away from that. Where were we when we first met Jesus? And how screwed up were we? I was a mess. Most of us are messes before we meet Jesus. Just a couple years after that. A really good friend of mine died. He OD'd. I went back to AA. Because I need to remember where I came from. Because even though I'm a pastor, that does not mean that I can't fall. Just because I've got so many years, you know, sober, that doesn't mean I can't fall. Just because I've been doing the right thing for X amount of years, that doesn't mean I can't fall. If I stop doing things Jesus' way, I know where Tom's will will take me. It will take me straight to the grave. See, I have that luxury. I think it's a blessing, honestly. I know that if I turn from Jesus and, 
and go back to my will, I'm going to be using heavy narcotics. I'm going to be running these streets. And many Christians don't have that. Many Christians aren't going to go to those places that I know that I will go. Well, Tom, you've been delivered. I have been delivered, but I have a sin nature. And if I let my sin nature make too many decisions, I know where my sin nature wants to really be. It wants to be high. It wants to be wasted. It wants to be getting laid. It wants to lie. It wants to steal. I can never, me personally, never think that I could ever achieve anything apart from Jesus. And that's been a blessing for me. It's because everything that I do is only because of God's will in my life. And that doesn't mean that I don't have a part to play. I've had to be intentional in certain areas of my life that if I didn't hold fast to my purity, I know that one wrong night I can be in... Could be in a completely different state. I mean, like, I'm not even, oh, I went on the wrong side of the track. No, I literally could be in the wrong country. I remember being wasted in one city and waking up in another city and having no recollection of how I got there under the influence of a whole different drug that I don't even remember starting to take. I'm like, all right, let's do more drugs that I've never taken. Like, I know where I will end up. And I think that it's important that we remember where we came from. I don't think that I should stay there. I think the rearview mirror of the car is this big because I only need to glance in it every once in a while, and the windshield is this big because I need to see where I'm going. But so often I'm staring in the rearview mirror and I keep running into stuff. The more I'm looking backwards, I can't move forwards. However, I do need to remember it's a part of my humility. It's part of what keeps me real is that I have a real close connection to the fact that I can be smoking crack and drinking beers and chasing hookers at any moment. Well, no, you're delivered, Tom. I am. But I need to be careful if I stand too firm and forget who I really am. And I've had debates with Christians, and I've had debates with pastors. Well, you've been healed by the blood of Jesus. I have been. The obsession has been lifted to want those things. But if I allow one of those things into my life that gets too close, the whole thing's going to come like a flood. I have to be intentional. I've set up boundaries in certain areas of my life that I don't cross. Because I know what if I cross this boundary, if I erode this area of my life, it's very likely that I will erode the next barrier. And then I'll erode the next barrier thinking that I got it. See, I think that it's important that we realize that I have a part to play. I need to be obedient. I can pray and pray and pray and stuff doesn't poof, just show up. I believe that there's a part that I play. 
And not because I did certain things and I behaved well enough and I be, Tommy became a good boy that God blesses him now. No, I believe that the Father wants to bless all of us. However, I do believe that our level of obedience opens up doors. I believe that it's important that we pay attention to our fruit. Because a tree cannot bear a fruit that it is not of. You know, that we can't get apples out of oranges. If I'm running with the world, I can't produce godly fruit. I can fake it. Many of us have seen videos of people biting into those wax fruit that sit on someone's table. It's not very pleasant. I can pretend to be a Christian. I can hang on for just so long and eventually, well, I came out of character. No, that was your actual character that was exposed. You know, and so often, we pretend. Just depends on who's around us. I am not perfect by any means. I do and say things I shouldn't almost daily. But I will do and say those things that I do daily in front of anyone. That I'm the same person no matter where I go. And that's something that Jesus gave me because I always adapted to everybody that was around me. I think that it's important that we realize that our fruit really determines who we really are. You know, and if we allow God to make changes, I think that it's a partnership. God will always do what God does. But I think on the other hand, he's waiting for us to do the things that he's asked us to do or stop doing. And I don't think that he'll move until we do. Somewhere I heard that the next move of God will actually be God's people moving. So often we're praying for revival for God to show up, but yet we won't love the unlovables. You know, I was having a discussion recently with someone. And as much as I love the church, and I am a big fan, and I believe that it's important that we're in there, and I believe that it's important that we're hearing God's Word, and I believe that it's important that we're worshiping, and I believe that it's important that we corporately gather, I also know that the church is not ready for my friends to show up. It's just not. I hate to admit it, it's not. It's it's funny, you know, because I've been around long enough now that people just thought, oh, that's just Tom. But there's times that people that come to church will go talk to the pastor about the guy in the front. Is he safe? Oh, yeah, that's Pastor Tom. <laughs> because typically, 
as Christians, we're the most judgmental group there is. I hate to say it, but it's true. What if the prostitutes started showing up to church that haven't showered in a week, and they just sat next to random Betty Sue with her family? It's not going to go over. What if the guy that's high that's been up for days, you know, he's still twitching and scratching, and he ends up sitting, showing up and sitting in the front row? Are we ready for that? I don't know. I don't think so. I wish that we were. I think that it's important that each one of us is intentional about saying, God, how do you want to use me? And I don't think that we can get there if we're not spending time with him. I think personally, the church has done an amazing job. If I would have been treated differently, would I still be here? I don't think so. I think that the various churches that I've attended since I've gotten saved have loved on me pretty well. But I don't believe that we're ready for 15, 20 people that run and gun are ready to sit next to different people. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being critical. Maybe I'm being judgmental. I don't know. I don't know. But I do believe that we need to be intentional about how we pursue God. Well, I don't know what God's will is. I don't know either. (laughs) If you would have told me that I'd be doing what I'm doing at the beginning of COVID, at the beginning of 2020, if you would have told me that I'd be standing putting rocks on a pallet, I'd be like, nah, that's not God's will. I was just talking with Leon about it today, actually. If you would have told me earlier this year that God's will would have had me in Albany all day long, my house was empty, I would have been like, no, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. I can't, I can't do that. Leon's got to go to college. I can't do that. I got all these people I got to take care of. God said, watch what I can do. Sometimes we're so fixed on what we want or the way it's supposed to happen that we miss the, the off ramps into his will and then we stay on the highway awaiting. I think there is a time awaiting. But I also think there's a time that he says, let's go, and we need to just follow. You know, it's it's crazy to me. I mean, when you read scripture, and Jesus is walking by, people ain't even met him yet. He's like, hey, follow me. And they just drop their nets, and they start following this guy they ain't never met. Now, he's Jesus, and he's got an anointing on his life. And he's probably spoke, and their hearts were burning, and they didn't even realize what was happening, and they follow. You know what I mean? But over and over again, Jesus said, just let's let's go. And people just went. And he also said, let's go. And he's like, well, I need to go bury my father. And he's like, let the dead bury the bed. Let's go. And they didn't. And you never hear of them ever again. 
I think sometimes Jesus is saying, let's go. And we're like, whoa, 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 let's make a deal. I think that it's important for us to be intentional. And if we really, really, really want God's will, we really, really, really need to be in His Word. Because how can He speak to us when we don't know His voice? It's tricky. Because we can argue back and forth. Well, the disciples didn't have his, have a Bible. You're right. But most of those kids were reciting the first five books of the Bible by the time they were five. Let's go back to that system. No thanks. I'll just read the Bible. Thank you. It's much easier. We've all missed the mark. You know, I look back at certain times when God said, let's do or let's not do and let's go and hey, will you do this? And I said, no. And then I have regret and I wonder. I don't believe that that we can really mess it up if it's supposed to happen. I think there's windows and doors that we can possibly miss. Sure. But I don't believe that necessarily it's fate. That there's one alternative. There's one perfect destination. Because if that's the case, we've all messed it up and we're never going to make it. Right? I mean, I'm just speaking freely. That His will has shifted and moved us at times. Because we weren't getting the picture. And He's like, alright, just... And he shifted us out of a job, and he shifted us out of a relationship. He shifted us into a relationship. He shifted us into counseling. He shifted us into this. He shifted us into that. He shifted us away from people. He shifted us into different relationships. He shifted us towards people. Shifted us from one church to another church. This church to that church. That church back to this church. You know, there's very, we all have various different stories of how God's been moving in our lives. So if we messed it up once, he's ah, no good. On to the next. No, he's always faithful and just to work these things out in us. However, I do believe, because we have a life expectancy, we run out of chapters. At some point, the book doesn't keep flipping pages because the end gets written. And I, I don't remember exactly where it came from, but I remember who said it. And it's a high, you know, it's a hypothetical situation. What if we get to heaven and he hands us that book and we're reading our autobiography and we see how God started to move in our lives and we get to the end and there's like this much left of the book and we start opening. All the pages are blank. Like, God, why are these pages blank? Those are the the pages of your blessings, but you weren't obedient. Now, this is a hypothetical situation. It's not scriptural. But it's always made me think. 
what if there's things that God would want to do with us? Because we're supposed to, to walk with an authority that there's an inheritance on this side. We're supposed to have dominion on this side. But I can't be walking in dominion apart from obedience. Just me running around saying in Jesus' name, God wills it, you know, and it's like that doesn't mean anything. If it's apart from God, it doesn't mean anything. But what if there's times that he's asking us to be obedient, but because we wouldn't, we're not intentional about following his will versus our will, we miss out on some things. I don't think that's the end of the story. Until our eyes shut forever, I think that there's always another chance for grace. Why? Because that's what I read. He's faithful and just to remove all unrighteousness if we would just confess. But I think that I need to be intentional about seeking Him and really know the difference between seeking Him and still wanting what I want. Because I don't think that He's really concerned with what Tommy wants apart from what God wants. Like, he's not going to be like, oh, you know, I think Tom's got a good point. I think we should do it his way this time. I don't think that's ever a conversation that the Father and Jesus ever have about me. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe they're up there, you know, just trying to make Tommy happy. I doubt it. I think that we have to be intentional about various things. You know, I've jumped all over the place tonight, kind of trying to hit the, you know, the head of the nail on on various points. But I think if we're not careful, we just get lackadaisical and, and we get bored. We get complacent. We just start coasting. Life's not as bad as it was. Not as bad as it used to be. This is all right. I just coast in my Christianity. And then I, I wonder, why isn't God doing me? And why isn't God doing that? And I got a word about this. Now, words are tricky. But if I'm not in God's word, and I'm not hearing His voice, I could care less what some prophet said. I think that we have to be careful that we don't get too complacent. That we just start coasting through life. Or slipping back into things that we have freedom from. I think that it's important that we keep pressing in. Maybe you haven't heard God in a while. Maybe you don't like what God's been saying. I don't know. But the answer to both of those questions is in His Word. And I think that we have to be intentional about it because if we just, oh, I'll get to it later. Yeah, it's like my diet. Non-existent.
if I'm not intentional about the areas that I want to change, if I don't start putting myself around the people that are doing the things that I want to be doing, and I'm praying, but I'm not following, I think I can be sitting around doing nothing for a while. I think that being intentional is important. I think that we need to to pay attention. I think some of us need to write things down when we believe that we've heard God or there's a scripture that's popping out at us. Because we forgot more of his voice than we've actually been obedient to. And that's scary. Hey, Tom, do this. Hey, Tom, what about that? Hey, Tom, not do this. Hey, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to do what I want. You know, and, it, and if I'm not seeking him for change, then those negative patterns never change, or I fall back into those negative patterns. Or I'm completely comfortable in this negative pattern because it's not as bad as that other negative pattern that I have freedom in, and I share that testimony all the time. I think that if we're intentional, pursuing him, that we're going to watch him move in our lives. And I believe that that's what we want. I know that's what I want. I want to see God's will manifested in my life. I want to help other people find him. I want to see people walk in freedom that they didn't even know they could have. Even better yet, they told they would never be able to have it by other people. The devil almost took me out. He worked real hard at it. And if he would have left me alone in those last few years, I'd probably still be coasting in that spot. But he was bound and determined to kill me. And that would be Jesus. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life, to the best of my ability, kicking him in the teeth for that. I'm not perfect. I don't walk perfectly. I don't try to act perfectly. I don't have it all figured out. Except I try to point to Jesus to the best of my ability, and I hang on to him to the best of my ability. And I try to get out of my own way the best of my ability, and I still make mistakes. But I know that there's been key moments in my life where I've been intentional about pressing into him. And I've watched how he's shifted and changed and moved and healed and transformed in ways that I didn't even know were possible. Because I thought Christianity was just going to church. So I just really encourage you. Whatever the Holy Spirit was is talking to you about tonight. Be intentional about it. Write it down. Put it in a notebook. Talk to somebody. Pray about it. Make up some things that you feel that God's talking to you about that you need to be working on. Maybe it's time for something to to radically be different. You don't know how to do it in your own strength. I get it. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I just keep talking to the one who does. You just bow your heads with me. Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you that you never give up on us. 
thank you that your grace is sufficient. Your mercy is new every morning, Lord. I pray that you meet us right here. Meet us in this place, Lord, and help us to take that next step towards you. I pray that these words would not fall on deaf ears. I pray that these seeds would not fall on the pathway. I pray that these seeds would be next to you and that you would get them planted deep inside of us, Lord. I pray that your your presence would begin to water these seeds, that we would become intentional about pursuing you, not some ministry or not some activity, not some small group, Your will. What is your will for us, Lord? What is your will for us specifically? What's your will for us individually? What's your will for our household? What's your will for our marriage? What's your will for... Tell us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. And if we can't hear you, Lord, help us to press in and be intentional about reading our word every day. Help us to be obedient. Help us to watch what happens when we just obey you. Lord, I pray for breakthrough. Breakthrough in the the households that are represented in this room, the families, the children, the marriages. Lord, I pray for healings in our bodies, Lord, in our minds that you would really begin to move powerfully in our lives, Lord. Help us to stop going through the motions of church and help us to position ourselves to receive an encounter from you. Not some whimsical spiritual moment, Lord, but an encounter, Lord, that we are different from that day forward and things begin to shift and change again. Help us to deny ourselves and follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Many, many, many.